Hello, my name is Camille Corbett and welcome to Smoke Show Show. Today we have Jenny Hogan. She's a writer, she's a stand-up comedian, and she's just a generally funny, badass lady. And I'm so happy to have her because she doesn't quite like smoke a lot of marijuana like most of our guests on here. So I'm really interested in hearing her perspective. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. Um, while you're not going to be smoking, I'm going to be smoking this disposable vape from Wellverse. It's like a hybrid called Create. And we're going to create some magic right now with this interview. Very cool. <laughs> and, uh, basically, first question, um, why don't you smoke weed? Are you a cop? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, but that's not why I don't smoke weed. I <laughs> I don't smoke weed. So I basically, I never loved weed, but I quit. I had a drinking problem in my mid twenties and I quit drinking and kind of decided that drinking was never going to work. And when I first did that, I thought I would get into weed instead. I had just moved to Los Angeles and I was like, I'm going to be Cali sober. And I truly think that I had one good high one time and I chased that like literally with like the exact it was like these gummies and I like I went to an open mic and it was fun and then I went to another open mic and I like made a friend and then I like went home and slept through the night and I woke up the next morning being like weed is amazing and then every other time I did it I had a panic attack so eventually I just kind of gave it up altogether and I still would not like I really when I quit drinking didn't think I was going to be someone who didn't do any drugs but I I now have kind of decided that I'm not because I'm weirdly very paranoid about losing control and like since I don't drink anymore I, I worry that if I did anything else to like alter my state of mind I would just like spill all these secrets that I've been like keeping in since I stopped drinking so I'm crying <laughs> it's really weird it's like kind of it makes me sound crazy because I am but like I, I don't think I would do shrooms I I feel like two years ago, I like bit off the corner of a mushroom chocolate and felt so weird. And my friend was like, there's no chance in hell that you got high off that. But like, I still, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm sure I, you did. If you don't consume yeah. anything yeah. like it, I'm yeah. sure you, yeah, you did feel a little something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely understand what you mean by panic attacks. You probably were smoking sativa and sativa has given mm -hmm. me a panic attack before for sure. And so, yeah, yeah it, it was traumatizing. It definitely made me consider stopping smoking weed altogether. But then I just moved to like very heavy indicas. But yeah, I get how off-putting it could be. <laughs> do, do you mostly smoke indica? Yeah, because okay. it calms yeah. me down. Whenever yeah, I smoke awesome. sativa, sure, I'm able to work easier. But at what cost? I feel like I'm anxious and like, yeah, I'm just a little too awake while also being high. And I think I need a, you need a sleepy effect to know how much weed exactly you're smoking, at least in my opinion. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you've described that you felt like terrible while smoking weed. What's your most horrific weed story? Um, okay. Well, this is a really insane story. I had just moved to Los Angeles and I was subletting this apartment with this woman who was a little bit older than me she like had two cats and she was gone I believe that she wasn't I think she was gone for the weekend she was at her girlfriend's and so I had the place to myself for the whole weekend and I had just moved in 
I had had that one good high. So I'd like gone and I was coming from New York. So I, like dispensaries were all new to me. So I like went to a dispensary and got like one of everything. Like I was so excited, <laughs> by it, whatever. Um, and then I just like went way overboard. And at first it was like very funny. And fun. so I also didn't know anyone in Los Angeles. So like I started watching like this show, Difficult People. And I was laughing so much. And I was like, this is amazing. People write great television these days. <laughs> like, we were in, like, the I was like truly like texting everyone. Like, have you guys seen this show, Difficult People? And like, it is a funny show, but I don't think I ever laugh out loud when I'm on my own. Anyway, and then I was doing my laundry and it was a new washer dryer because I just moved in and I totally did something wrong with the washer and it overfilled and I like had no idea. And I was so high that was leaking and I didn't even totally realize that it had come from the washer. Like I thought the apartment was flooding. So then I texted my new roommate to tell her there was a flood in the apartment and she like called the super. But then by that point, I realized that it was from the washer. So then I told her that it was fine. And like, I had to mop it up with kind of like every towel in the house, including like, (laughs) I had to like strip my bed of sheets and mop everything up. And it was all just like a disaster. And I I feel like when she came back, she could tell that something was off with the washer. So she was like, I just wanted to like check in about what happened to see like, if, do you need help? I like, just like couldn't admit to her how high I'd been. So I was like, yeah, I, I, um, I'm coming from, this was so insane, but I was like, I'm coming from New York city. So it's not really a thing for us to like have washers in the apartment. So I just got a little confused <laughs> about that. Even though I do have a washer in my apartment. Anyway, That's I was so also funny. very scared. Like I got very scared of her cats that night. Like I just like started having a panic attack once the, the washer was leaking and the cats were looking at me and I was like, they're judging me so hard. And I only stayed there like four months. It was like a temporary sublet. But the rest of the time I was like, these cats fucking hate me. Like every time I saw them, I just felt so judged. Anyway, that was probably my like weirdest panic attack. That's insane. That would like make me get so sober so quickly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It honestly did not, but I, yeah. Tell us more about your books. You're uh, a published author. That's so impressive. Um, You have two books, Toxic Femininity in the Workplace, and I'm More Dateable Than a Plate of Refried Beans. (laughs) So tell us more about both and like sort of how you feel like you've grown as a writer. Thank you so much. I, um, yeah, the books are, they're like short satire books um, of kind of like abstract satire. I feel that they are the kind of things that I probably had like more ideas for when I was um, doing drugs. It was, Cause it can be really abstract, like weird, like fantasy. Now I feel like the stuff I write is very like grounded in reality. Cause I just have lost a little bit of my, not, I wouldn't say I've lost my imagination. I just feel the more grounded, but the books are pretty abstract. So it's like these kind of like weird, the first one's about like women in the workplace, but it's all just these like weird wacky stories about like different kind of fantasy environments. And, and the second one is about like, modern dating and just sort of like strange stories around that. Like there's one that takes place in heaven where like God creates a dating app. There's one that's like, um, it's set in like a pride and prejudice scenario. It's like a spoof on that. Um, yeah. And they're really fun to write. I, I kind of got my start in comedy writing satire for the New Yorker. And so it's like that sort of style of like the 800 word pieces. And, and I feel like for me, it was the most accessible because 
I'd already been doing them like one at a time. So a book was just more of what I knew how to do instead of trying to write like a full novel. But yeah. Yeah. So you basically did what Lena Dunham's character in Girls attempted to do, but better. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of Girls, though, she like has a writing career, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, not really, though. She's like teaching. I mean, nothing's wrong with teaching or whatever, but I don't know. When I was younger in like my undergrad, definitely like being a working writer, you know, was like my vibe. Yeah. Well, um, you are a working writer. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So are you. (laughs) Yeah. Where we go. We we have lived out. You're right. We have lived out the Lena Dunham dreams. Yeah. She became like the like she's basically her character would talk about us as writers, which is kind of interesting to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I think about from girls all the time is like um, the scene where she's talking shit about Marnie and Marnie's boyfriend in her diary and then they read it and they're so mad and then Lena Dunham goes okay but aside from what I actually said what do you think about the quality of the writing (laughs) (laughs) that's so real yeah like if a guy like gets mad at me for a joke I'm like okay but did you think the joke was funny (laughs) yeah like did you laugh even though you weren't the intended audience (laughs) that's how you know it's funny (laughs) exactly yeah 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 um as someone who doesn't smoke, like what's your ideal scenario when someone's smoking weed around you? I know some people are like very violently like, don't be around me, like don't even smoke around me, don't even vape around me. What is like, what is your ideal scenario? I have no, um, I don't care if people smoke around me or I think that in part it's because I, what I quit drinking, I was doing stand up in bars every night. So I just very quickly had to be around people drinking all the time. And I also never really like, I don't, um, I don't mind the smell of smoke of, of weed and I never, and I'm not tempted by it. So it, it doesn't bother me at all when other people are smoking cigarettes. I love the smell and I used to smoke cigarettes. So sometimes that I'm a little bit too like, Oh God, if people smoke around me, I'm going to want one. But um, no, weed, I, I am totally down with people smoking it. I get a little bit nervous when people drive high and I feel like it's <laughs> kind of common. I think there are a lot of people, like I've never met someone who's like, don't worry, I'm totally fine to drive drunk. But I've met a lot of people who are like, I'm fine to drive when I'm high. And yeah, most of my friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't love it. And like, I only recently learned how to drive. So when I lived in LA, I didn't have a car. And I definitely had like raised the objection sometimes people driving high and people would be like, you just don't know because you don't drive, but it's totally fine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of the only thing I'm not wild about. That's so funny, <laughs> but very accurate um, to LA driving and why yeah. there's so many problems. There's so many signs in LA where it's like, it says, this is a sign you shouldn't be driving high. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And everyone is doing it. Yeah. My, when I was in, I was visiting my brother in college one time and he did drive us drunk and he explained that like, he's a better driver drunk because he's like more aware. Cause he's like, he needs to be extra careful. Cause he knows that it's unsafe. And I'm like, you could just be sober and be careful. <laughs> like yeah. you can do the both, but yeah. Literally, um, yeah. literally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. logic is too much. Uh, we've yeah. sort of touched on this, but what do you consider your comedy style to be? I'm pretty, I would say I'm kind of like dry and like a little low energy. Like my stand up is like 
I think my stand-up, I'm a writer. Like, I think people who've seen me perform are like, you were meant to be a writer. Not, which is not to say I, I don't have my own stand-up style, but that it's very much like, I don't really do crowd work. I like tell my jokes. And um, I do, uh, you know, I, I think about how I want to deliver them, but it's never like in any way performative. Um, and then I think that the stuff I, I like, yeah, I think it's pretty like, grounded in just kind of my life and how I see the world um and just kind of trying to like poke fun at like things that people take pretty seriously just sort of like you know release a little bit of tension yeah um I'm a big fan of your twitter I love all your jokes about your 25 year old boyfriend oh yeah 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 (laughs) yes so funny (laughs) He, he's real so I, I will tweet a, a lot about yeah who I'm dating especially if they have one particular trait like he's 25 my boyfriend before him was into crypto <laughs> those are like things you can like ha- you can write a full bit around that whereas like I've had other boyfriends and I can't really like I can make little jokes about them but I can't really like pull out any one through line you know yeah so, it's yeah. way more fun like to you know sort of check up on comedians relationships off the, like the names that they give the people yes yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember when Ashley Ray was dating a dude that was just so stupid but hot like, <laughs> I was like we've all been there yes. uh, yeah. when did you start doing stand-up I started about six years ago I was living in San Francisco and I started doing open mics yeah it was a lot of fun when did you start writing I think I um I only did stand-up for the first year and then I moved back to New York and I started pitching like satire websites like McSweeney's and that kind of thing so I would say that but before I did stand-up I wrote a blog that was like a statistical analysis of my online dates and (laughs) it it was really fun and it became like a humor blog and I kind of dropped the statistical analysis part so like that was definitely my first time being like maybe I'm funny like I was very shy in college and I don't, and I wasn't really like a big comedy fan and I didn't get, get onto like my college sketch team, which was always kind of like a, a sad thing for me. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think probably when I was like 23, 24, I started this blog and was like, maybe I'm a funny writer. I feel like I college is way more white and male than reality is. I realized that when I like, you know, I went to the university of Alabama and like, there were so many things closed to me there. And then when I went to Hollywood, all of the things that were close to me there were open, you know, and people were interested in hearing my stories and like, you know, having me on like their comedy teams. But yeah, I definitely feel like college is a bastardization of reality. (laughs) Totally, totally. Are you from Alabama? Um, I'm from Atlanta. Cool. I'm going to Atlanta in a week. Oh, wow. You're going to love it. Atlanta is great. Everyone's so nice. The food is great. Yeah. yeah um, just don't good. talk to any Republicans. If you see one, they're crazy. Yeah. To be Republican in Atlanta, you're crazy. So okay. just know that. Just don't. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cool. engage. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you use like the internet and social media in such an interesting way because like you're a TV writer, you're also like a novelist. And you also like do well in social media. There's not quite a few, a bunch of people that do that. And like, it's just so interesting to see how you like master each section 
And so tell us how like they all inform each other. What does your day Thank look you. like? <laughs> That's really nice for you to say because I often feel like I need social media because I have not broken through in like the ways that I wanted. But I think that it's like when I started comedy, I like didn't really have an idea of what a career path as a comedian looked like. And the only thing I could think of was like being a writer on like a late night TV show. And in some ways that still feels like the only like stable thing. I don't know. I, there is no stability in like writing. I don't even know if people who, I bet people who do that job don't feel like it's that stable because they're like, my show could just get canceled. Um, but I definitely like did not think of social media as something I was interested in or would be a part of my career. And then I got on Twitter, like I've been doing stand up for like two years and I just started like practicing jokes on Twitter. And that kind of like took off more than other I, I guess I also wanted to do like a late night set on like on Jimmy Kimmel or something and Twitter just kind of took off a little bit more and I got more opportunities from that and I think now like I used to have this idea of like I needed to like pursue things related to the industry and stuff had to be like stamped with someone's approval for it to be like worth doing it like needed to be like a late night set on a show that I knew or like selling a show to like a network and now it's like um for me to be a writer, I just have to make money writing. So I just will now more follow the things that like pay me money. And it's been totally different from what I expected. But in terms of how I structure my day, I think it's like, I try to do like, I read this book called Deep Work about like doing work without any distractions. And I try to do two hours of that in the morning on like kind of whatever my like hardest thing is. So I'm like, right now I'm pitching a book of essays. And so like the proposal for that requires like a lot of concentration. So I do that for like two hours in the morning. And then the rest of the day, it's just like, whatever comes up. Like I have, I have many different kind of social media or like jobs for different publications, freelance jobs. Um, and so that kind of thing, like uh, just kind of as they, as I need to, I'll do them. Um, so that's the only part of my day though, that I'm really rigid, rigid about is like those two hours in the morning. And honestly, like if I do those two hours and then the rest of my day, I'm like pretty unproductive. It can still be like a productive day. And then at night I do stand up probably like three or four nights a week. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You're like, a. it's so interesting to see like, you know, someone like you, like I, you know, just like write on a TV show and like, I don't have like a lot of variety. You're sort of like trapped writing for whatever during the day, but like, I've been working from home recently and not having to go in a room all the time. And so like, I feel like I'm most productive, like having a schedule like yours where it's like, yeah, maybe a few hours, I can, like I concentrate on this show, but then I can work on like other projects on mm -hmm. the side too. Yeah. And, you know, even if I don't like do any more for the show, it'll still be enough, yeah. you know? How many hours a day do you feel like you spend writing? Oh man, <laughs> way too long. Um, yeah, I, I have a very interesting schedule because like I am on a show and then I'm pitching a show and then like another show and then I'm pitching another show with like a higher level showrunner. So I'm always writing something and so mm -hmm. I feel like I probably write six to eight hours a day it's and an I don't story. want to. That's <laughs> like a shit ton of writing. If you're, I, yeah, writing six hours a day is a shit ton. It's horrible because I have horrible concentration. So I'll be writing from like 9 a.m. to like, I don't know, like 11 p.m. interdispersed 
because I have yeah. horrible concentration. Yeah. But yeah, I write way too much. Um, I hate it. But that's why I had to get off Be Real because it was just like, Be Real. They're always like trying to show what you're doing. <laughs> Every day I'm just in my bed writing. <laughs> There's that's nothing so to funny. Show. <laughs> that like you had to quit Be Real because you didn't want people to see the real truth. <laughs> like you have to go back to the social media that's fake. I have that's no so life funny. <laughs> outside of writing. It's like yeah. people always like wonder, like, yeah, it's like, I'm sure you people always wonder how you get everything done as well. And like, the truth of the matter is just not having a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like, I, I don't know, the other, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse that you can like write from anywhere. Like, I'm like, I'll have my laptop on the bus for like a 20 minute ride. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? But it's like, I'm always like, oh, I could just like, you know, make edits to an article right now. Like, it's yeah. Also, like, yeah. we work for ourselves more or less. Like, I mean, you work for a show, but then you also have all your other products and it kind of all falls under the umbrella of, like, your career. So it's, like, we don't have, like, one boss who we're, like, letting down. It's, like, we're letting down just uh, ourselves. Yeah. Know? Which is making it very hard to ever take a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the capital's hunger inside you is what you're letting down. Totally. Um, so basically, what else are you working on? Like, what would you like to plug? I have a stand-up hour that I'm doing. I do it monthly in New York, although I'm not doing October because I'm going to be on the road. I think it's November 17th. I'm doing it at Caveat, my stand-up hour, and then it'll be monthly after that. And I'm, yeah, it's, but you can find me on social media, Jenny Hogan underscore to um, hear about like when I'm bringing it to different cities. And I also wrote a book called I'm More Dateable Than a Plate of Free Fried Beans that you can also find on my social media. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I'm most excited about right now. Yay. Awesome. Um, And definitely let me know when it comes to LA. I am going to be in New York in December. So if it's still weekly, then I also want to see it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Let me know when you're Um, there. That'd be so fun. Yes. Um, I'm so happy that you were able to be on Smoke Show show. Um, It was great hearing your perspective as like a non-smoker. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I was able to do it. Sometimes I worry that I'm not you know, I'm not fun. So I like, don't, you get, are fun. I, don't I don't understand <laughs> drug culture, but I want to, cause it's fun. So I, yeah. Stoner culture is great. Stoner like culture. Giving. I don't even know the words. I literally don't know. Drug. <laughs> drug cause like what, like, I know that it's like, what do you think of weed as like the same culture as like shrooms? Yes. Okay. That's kind of the culture. I mean, I, not like the depressing drugs, but like the fun like, one, you know? for a dream is what I think of when I think of drug culture. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about like strung out behind a dumpster, which like, you know, that, whatever. that is, is drug culture. That is also drug culture. I mean, like psychedelics, like going to music festival. I don't know anything about it, but I wish I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, I definitely do, but yeah, people sometimes do look at me in horror when I'm like, yeah, I've done DMT. And they're like, what? Was it fun? Uh, uh that's probably my least <laughs> fun drug because it's like okay. sometimes personally I don't like for my world to be rocked yeah that's sort of yeah. why I'm afraid of literally all drugs but yeah even, I wish I had done more before I quit entirely but anyway. yeah do a little I, bit but yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything dramatic is not meant for human consumption in my mind <laughs> but Fair yeah enough. thank yeah. you so much for being on yeah 